that was a pivot point in my career. That was like really the first time that it felt super real. This is a career more so than a hobby that I'm getting paid for. If you are a creative in the entertainment industry looking for inspiration and practical ideas about how to take the next steps in your career, you are in the right place. My name is Rebecca Doyle and I work in film and television in Los Angeles. I learned so much from the ups and downs of the talented, innovative people surrounding me and I want to share those insights with you. Join in every other week to hear the break-in stories of people who overcame challenges and found unconventional avenues to pursue their dream careers in an industry that has no set path. Today's guest is a very accomplished makeup artist, and throughout the interview, I was blown away by how applicable her thoughts are to any creative on a film or TV set, especially if you're looking to land those network TV jobs or movies that are in theaters and major streaming services, because she's done both. Included in what we're covering today are what unions in the entertainment industry actually offer you and when to join one, how to land the first set of gigs or a new set of gigs if you're looking to pivot, and Daniel Radcliffe's little-known talent. Daniel not only trusted our guests enough to share this with her, but after she and her department heads worked with him, Daniel personally requested their team back for his subsequent project. And that's because today's guest is a master at building meaningful relationships through genuine friendship. Emilia Wernska is a Polish-American makeup artist and Web3 creative director. Her work on the hit series Abbott Elementary scored her a nomination for the 2023 Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Awards and is favored to secure a nomination in the 2023 Emmy Awards. This year, you can catch her latest work released in theaters with the film Maximum Truth or on TV in the fourth season of Miracle Workers with Daniel Radcliffe, who she previously worked with on Weird, the Al Yankovic story. A member of the local 706 IATSE Makeup and Hairstylist Guild, Amelia is particularly known for her bold, colorful styles and precise technique. Let's jump into the interview. Amelia, so much exciting stuff and your first podcast. It is an absolute honor to host you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for driving out to meet me here. (laughs) (laughs) We are currently on the east side. So if you live in Los Angeles, you know what a divide there is between those two sides of town, but well worth it. Okay, so there's a couple projects that are really exciting right now. Let's start with your 2023 Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Award nominated and likely soon to be Emmy nominated project, your work on Abbott Elementary. Okay. Could you tell me more about which characters you were doing the makeup for and what that experience was like? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was an overall incredible experience. Our department head, Alicia Byronas, she she brought me in specifically actually to do Raven Goodwin's character, Crystal, because I have a very specific makeup style that's, you know, very bold. I use a lot of color and that's what her character called for. So I'm really appreciative of Alicia for thinking of me for it. So I initially came on to do her. Okay, so then after you doing Raven's makeup, that evolved into doing another character as well. Mm -hmm. So from uh, Raven's character, that also evolved into me doing Nate Jones' character, Amber, because even though their makeup styles are different visually, they're very similar technically because they're both very clean cut and precise. So yeah, those are those are my main two girls. But then I would also occasionally do Chris Perfetti's character, Jacob, that Alicia and I would kind of switch between depending on, you know, the flow of the trailer in the morning and like 
if we needed an extra set of hands somewhere. So yeah, those were my three main peeps. And what was the beginning of that project like? You were already familiar with that department head and you guys had a great working relationship. Were you intimidated at all going into the season? I wouldn't say intimidated because I, I don't know. I feel like I'm rarely intimidated in that way and it's not that I don't get nervous so it's not to say I don't get nervous or like anxious but I'm a very go with the flow chill person so it's just like for me going into a new show it's like whatever happens happens and I had a good idea of like what the trailer dynamic and like the cast dynamic was before going in there from Alicia specifically. So I felt very prepared and we're really good at communicating. So it, it didn't feel like I didn't have like enough information like starting out. And I was more so excited than intimidated, I would say, because it's just like any time I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, like any time you get to work that closely with one of your best friends, it's more exciting than anything you know you kind of just like forget about anything else yeah definitely yeah well Abbott Elementary has obviously been a huge success and landed you guys a nomination at the 2023 Makeup and Hairstylist Guild Awards can you tell me about attending that award show oh my god yeah um so can I cuss on here I might like mute it but you can say it okay so anyone that knows me personally knows that I'm an extra bitch when it comes to like events And it's so funny because I'm like the exact opposite, like on set, I'm just like in sweats, hood up, no makeup on, like you'll never see me like dressed up on set. But when it comes to events, I go all out and it has to be to perfection. And it's just like, that's just like my vice. I just love getting dressed up and just seeing my friends get dressed up. And um, yeah, so going to the Guild Awards was probably one of my favorite experiences in the last few years just because I got to experience it with my best friends and it's just such an awesome celebration of everybody's talent and outside of our department on Avid I got to see a lot of my other close friends that are in the industry and got to celebrate their accomplishments and got to see everyone looking hot as fuck (laughs) um and so yeah, it was it was super memorable and I'm so thankful that we got nominated. You know, everyone that won was so beyond deserving. So it's really, truly not about the win. And I know people say that all the time, but I'm not a competitive person at all. So it's more so about the experience of just being there and getting to experience it with your close friends and celebrating everybody. I think that was really awesome. Can confirm you look pretty fabulous in, in the photos. So. <laughs> Thank you. Insert photo here. <laughs> yeah. The, on the Instagram, uh, maybe. Okay. And so then going into the Emmys, a lot of the predictions are saying that Abbott Elementary will be nominated for makeup and hairstyling. What has that conversation been like? It's definitely exciting, nerve wracking. Um, but I think I think all of us are pretty hopeful, confident that we will at least get a nomination just because we're getting such a strong backing from Warner. So we we have a really good support system behind us. And obviously all of the people that are in the running, all of the shows that are in the running are just as good. Everybody is like so incredible. So it is, it's really tough, but I think in terms of what we did was really kind of like almost uncommon in like the kind of primetime comedy world. We're making these characters look so believable, but also taking them to this slightly elevated level. A lot of people, when they hear about the show, they 
assume that it's a kids show and so I think it's like really a fun surprise when people actually watch the show and get to find out that it is very comedic and slightly inappropriate at times like in the best ways and I think the makeup and hair really adds to that. Well, congratulations for that. Definitely rooting for you going into the Emmys. We're recording this just about three weeks before the nominations come out. So stay tuned to see, but we're all rooting for Amelia. (laughs) Thank you. But that's not the only project you have coming out. I mean, the summer is really your summer, Amelia. Also today, the date of recording, June 23rd, Maximum Truth with Dylan O'Brien just came out. And I know this is one of your favorite experiences on set. What was that like? It really was. It was just the most fun time that I've had on set in a very long time. It was very short. We shot, I think, for maybe three weeks it was. And the film is starring Ike Barinholtz and Dylan O'Brien. And it's basically a mockumentary around these two con men that are trying to dig up dirt on this congressman that's running for office. And Ike and Dylan just have the most incredible chemistry ever in like the silliest, stupidest way, you know, like they could just be sitting in a room throwing around banter. And it's just like, I'm over here trying to do work and I can't work because it's just so funny, stupid. And you're just laughing all day. And I think those are my favorite onset times because it just really breaks up the silence. If you've ever been on set, you know that there's a lot of downtime and a lot of silence of just having to be quiet when when we're rolling. And this experience was not that. It was just like laughs all day, every day. And yeah, I loved our cast so much. Okay. So you had a great relationship with the cast. Whose makeup were you doing? I was doing Dylan and um, a lot of our guest stars. We had a lot of big name guest stars throughout the whole movie. I can't even name them all. You guys, you just have to watch it. (laughs) And was the fact that this movie was a mockumentary, does that change the makeup process at all? Not really, because I guess it does change the makeup process in the way that you can really make the character whatever you decide to make the character. It doesn't have to be you replicating a real life person, you know, because at the end of the day, these are fictional characters. So yeah, that was definitely helpful um, in terms of hair and makeup. All our female cast members, you know, they they could really be whoever we wanted them to be, whoever the director wanted them to be. So it was, it was fun to get to play around with these characters that would exist in the real world, like reporters or like crazy activists or crazy ladies. I don't know. You just, it's just, there's so many nutty characters in this movie, but it's just, yeah, it was fun making these characters come to life in like a very real life way, you know? Blake Anderson's in it too. He was funny. Mm. There's so many cameos in that. Like every day we have someone new on it. And where can people watch it? I believe it's in theaters and streaming also starting today, the 23rd. (laughs) A film about a couple men who lack any semblance of shame. (laughs) It's accurate. How it's described by the filmmakers. Okay, well, yeah, available in theaters. It says it's going to be available for streaming in the fall. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But those are not even the only projects coming out this summer for you. You also have season four of Miracle Workers coming out July 10th. This was your second time working with Daniel Radcliffe, who had requested the same makeup artist as the previous project you guys had worked on together. What do you have to say about our man, Daniel? (laughs) My man, Dan. He's a great guy. (laughs) So I had worked with Dan previously earlier last year 
on Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And we just got along so well with him as a whole makeup department that he requested us to come on to Miracle Workers season four. And that's what we did. And it was it was one of the best experiences ever. We shot for a pretty long time. I think it was like three or four months. And it was the middle of summer and it was majority outdoor apocalyptic themed so everybody was hot and dirty the entire time (laughs) (laughs) the circumstances under which we were shooting like really helped kind of make us a family because i have some of my closest relationships from that show that i have like in my entire career Mm. it just really comes down to like what we all went through together and i think that's so often the case for you know people who have solid relationships and yeah it was it was really an amazing time we had a lot of very long days and you know you just have to find ways to pass the time a lot of the time so in between setups we would like gather with the cast like everybody at everybody at video village would just like gather with cast and we would play heads up or we would play, what's that one game where you throw the, the bean bags into the hole? You know what I'm talking about? I know because it's my personal worst nightmare. I... <laughs> that backyard game? Yeah, what's that yeah. game called? Cornhole. Yeah. Cornhole. <laughs> yeah, we, I don't know why, but we had a cornhole set up in the studio and we would just be playing all the time. Dan has a crazy game face when he plays cornhole, <laughs> as most of us do, I'm sure. And yeah, it was just, it was probably the most respectful and just positive cast that like I could have asked for. They were all so lovely, every single one of them. And yeah, I feel, I feel like those are like the, the relationships that I, I feel comfortable reaching out to like all of these people moving forward, you know, Mm -hmm. like if I ever need anything, it's not like, oh, like, I don't, I don't know if I can like text this person because they're an actor, you know, after we get off the show, it's not like that at all. Everybody that we worked with was so authentic and so genuine and the way they communicated with the whole crew that it just felt so nice and refreshing that they're actually caring for you and they're actually your friends and you don't have to worry about them thinking about you some type of way that you're Mm -hmm. they're an actor and you can't talk to them you know Mm -hmm. it was nice so beyond having a mean cornhole face (laughs) i heard he might have a mean magic oh my god (laughs) okay yes so dan actually does magic (laughs) um i think some people probably are aware of this already but this is a fun fact that he told us that i actually had no idea about being like a diehard harry potter fan so apparently on all the films they had actual magicians hired to do a lot of the practical magic effects that you see in the movies so just on set there would just be like a bunch of magicians hanging around for like every movie that they were filming and just because of that dan got to learn a lot of actual magic and so now he does actual magic tricks (laughs) and if you ask him on like the dl and are like really low-key about it he'll do a magic trick for you and it's pretty amazing because my mind was blown but i'm to be fair i'm like a sucker for magic i've been to the magic castle and like literally i was like 
reliving that for like weeks after i'm like but how did he do that that shit just gets me you know what i mean like i get so giddy over magic like that and so yeah that's i thought that was just like one of the coolest facts that they had actual magicians doing the magic in the movies that was just so cool what what trick did he do for you on set did he have a stack of cards just at the ready yes he did <laughs> yeah somebody had a stack of cards i don't know if it, they were his cards but he someone had cards to do magic tricks with and yeah he he did this card trick where he i, I couldn't even tell you what the trick was but he yeah it was this trick where he had this card and he like ripped it apart and then the ripped up card was my card or something i don't even remember but like I just remember staring at it and being like, what? (laughs) What did I just see? I don't understand. I can't, I'm not computing. What was his reaction when you were so surprised? Just laughing. He's just generally a very easygoing, funny guy. He likes to make people smile and he's just a good guy. So I I think he probably enjoys people's shock to the magic tricks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so when you guys finally had to wrap the shoot and bring the whole family together, what was that farewell like? It was definitely bittersweet because everybody wanted to get out of the heat, (laughs) but we really didn't want to part because we grew to become such a family. So my makeup department and I, Kat Bardot and KT Chandler, we really wanted to do something special as a wrap gift for our cast because we just love them so much. So we had the idea of getting them all socks with our faces on them. So the three of us, and that's what we did. And everybody got like a different colored pair, but they all had our photos on them. And I have the most amazing photo of Steve Buscemi wearing socks with our faces on them under his costume and he is so proudly posing in these socks like he was feeling them and then oh under his co- so he was wearing them in the take yes that is so funny <laughs> yes do you know which scene it is where you're like steve's wearing oh my god i could figure i could probably figure it out based on the costume but yeah i thought that was just like the funniest thing but they all really loved them and i think also i heard that dan wore them for the press tour for weird because the press tour was happening as we were filming miracle workers oh my gosh so i think he also wore them then because it was the same makeup team so yeah it was it's it's a funny photo to have in my camera roll (laughs) how did you guys even think of the socks with your faces printed on them oh my god i don't know that's a great question um we're just like we kind of go all out with wrap gifts as like a team because for weird our department head Kat Bardot and our key KT Chandler we they had the idea of doing like the Jesus candle um for for our cast the candle was I actually have it so I can show it to you right now but a photo is definitely going on the Instagram Okay, nice. Okay. So, yeah, the candle that Rebecca's looking at right now is a blue Jesus candle with Evan Rachel Wood as Mother Mary and Daniel Radcliffe as baby Jesus (laughs) holding a baby-sized accordion. (laughs) I actually think this is really funny. Catholic community, don't come for me. (laughs) It's okay. I was raised Catholic, too. It's totally fine. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) And what was their reaction to that gift? Oh my God. The most like outrageous laughter and just screams. I have a video of them receiving these uh, candles and it was just like 
the most hilarious <laughs> moment ever because I mean who in their right minds would ever expect a candle of themselves as a wrap gift you know what I mean yeah yeah and this definitely it, it seems so appropriate for you as well because you are an artist and constantly thinking of new ways to visually put things together so it just it seems like a total encapsulation of your sense of humor as well as your kind of sensibilities it was definitely a team effort but yeah i think it was definitely well received obviously you can't do this with every cast member ever you really need to know your cast and know like the sense of humor that they have and know that they would find joy in this and not be offended you know yeah totally yeah okay so so many good things again congratulations again abba elementary miracle workers maximum truth i mean less than a year ago weird was coming out we are the al yankovic story so now let's go into the path that got you here because you've been an artist your entire life right Mm -hmm. and your decision to go to makeup school seemed one that you took at the first opportunity it wasn't something that you had been planning for your entire life but would seem naturally aligned in the perfect next step for you Mm -hmm. yeah that's right i had that very cliche upbringing with my dad where he really saw this vision for me that he didn't get to live out as a young adult. He really wanted me to go to college on a sports scholarship, which absolutely not. If you know, if you know me in the slightest, you know that sports is like not in my vocabulary at all. Like that was not going to happen, let alone school. What sport was it that he wanted you to play? Archery. And so, yeah, he, he really wanted me to go to college on an archery scholarship. I was not into sports. I was not into academics. Not to say that, you know, college is not important, but it's, I just knew that I wasn't going to be in a profession that required a higher level degree. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're going to be a doctor, please go to school, you know, but I, I just knew that I wasn't going to be a doctor or anything like that. I knew I wanted to do something art related. So when one of my best friends in high school just casually told me that she was going to be going to makeup school in L.A., I figured that was like the perfect answer and the perfect opportunity, because at that point, I really didn't have an alternative plan other than not going to college. And so I just made the very spontaneous decision to go along with her. And we moved to L.A. From? Temecula. It's not too far out of L.A., actually. So it wasn't like a huge move or anything. I think that's really what helped me make the decision. It, it wasn't like I had to go across the country mm. for it. I still wasn't going to be far from home or anything. And I had a friend with me, which was really helpful. And yeah, we just moved to L.A. and then we started school. And yeah. So I think a lot of people have this expectation that they're going to go to college and I think a lot of people just go along with it and then later regret the decision because of debt or because it wasn't what they needed it to be. So it's very forward thinking that you already knew, oh, a college degree is actually not going to help me in the long run. Mm -hmm. Were you thinking about other things like debt or if there was an art program, you know, plenty of schools in higher education have art programs that they'll say, come here and you can be an artist. What was your thought process on deciding, eh, this isn't really going to be the best path? Mm, That's a really good question. I and my parents are immigrants um so from from poland and my my dad has a college education but it's in physical education and poland back then was not up to the academic standards that like the states are up to now so him having a higher education is very much different than what our higher education looks like and then 
My mom also was never really big on academics like when she was growing up. So it's it's not to say that I wasn't aware of the opportunity I had to get access to a higher education by my parents moving here. It's just that I recognized, I think I recognized opportunity in other ways, if that makes sense. I knew 100% that I, I was very fortunate that my parents had made the decision to move out of Poland and to move us to the States. And I was a lot more fortunate than than my peers in Poland. How old were you at that time? I, I was around seven when we moved. So yeah, I knew that that I had more opportunities than they were given, but I think I subconsciously recognized that those opportunities weren't only lying in a college path. Mm. If that makes sense. That's just so forward thinking though. I think for so many people, it's just the obvious next step. It's not even a question. Yeah. Especially a lot of people who immigrated here and they see that as part of the opportunity. So it's just so forward thinking. You could see you have a very successful career doing makeup and also in your artwork and you knew really young that this was going to be the path for you. So it's very intuitive. Yeah. I think, I think it also comes with my family was never super like pushing that on me. Like other than my dad, he wanted me to go to college because he wanted me to do archery. He didn't want me to go to college because he was like dying for me to have a college education, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Same with my mom. Like she was 100% supportive of me not wanting to go to college because she hated school when she was my age. So she's like, I get it. it. You know, it's not for everybody. So we didn't really come from like a very prestigious academic family setting. So I think that's what made the decision easier for me. And I don't know, I feel like I was always a very weird, eccentric child that never really did anything the way things are supposed to be done, you know? So like, I, I think my choice was the obvious choice for, for me as a person. I think it would have been weirder if I went to college. If you ask my friends, I think that's what they would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And where did you and your best friend go to makeup school together? So we attended cinema makeup school here in LA and it was, it, it was a pretty short course. I think it was like only five or six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's not too long and it covered everything. Beauty makeup to special effects to sculpting. I think there was even like a hair styling portion in there. Yeah. So it really gave me a good rundown of all the skill sets that I potentially could need, you Mm -hmm. know, to build a career in the industry. And I don't know, I, I'm just such a creative person that I just need to get out that creative flow in any way possible. So yeah, getting the chance to do makeup was very satisfying and very fulfilling. And I felt like I was getting that creativity out. So it really just seemed like a great option when we were in it. And um, I kind of stuck with it because I'm not I'm not the type of person to quit on things, not because I'm so I don't want to use the word motivated because I am motivated, but like I said, like competitive, it's not like anything to do with that. It's just like, I like to stick with things because once I get in a flow, it just feels right. And like, if there's no reason to stop or switch, then I'll just keep going until, until I can, you know? Mm. So that's, that's what I ended up doing and it turned into a career. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that first job. How did you find it? Okay. So my first job I right out of makeup school, I did work at a Mac counter at Nordstrom for a little bit, but I very quickly realized that it's not what I want to be doing because yes, you are doing makeup to an extent, but at the end of the day, it's all about your numbers and it's all about 
selling things to women that don't need things and blah 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 and so i i didn't stick around there for a very long time although i did learn a lot like i definitely did not to discredit you know like working for a makeup brand um i just knew it wasn't for me and so my first like actual makeup job in the film world was a job that i got off of craigslist a lot of young listeners probably don't know what craigslist <laughs> is um, that's to age us right there oh no um, <laughs> i don't think i ever realized that yeah <laughs> Wait, what is it now yik yak i mean i I don't know. Is that what aging is us yak? too? Is that oh, make old too? What the <laughs> no, yik yak? I, I think that might make me old, actually. <laughs> the yik yak. Um, no, I think it's like offer of yeah, Facebook Marketplace. I don't know. For makeup artists? Huh. I don't know. Craigslist had everything, man. It really did. Everything. Anyway, so yeah, it was this short film one day off of Craigslist. And on that job, I actually met my department head for Abbott Elementary. Her name is Alicia Byronis, and she is definitely my big sister, my mentor, one of my best friends in the industry. I look up to her so much, and we have just continued our relationship from that day one. And it was it's really crazy because that was one of her first jobs back into the industry as well, because she took a little break for a few years. And that was her first job back also just kind of trying to get back into the swing of things on this craigslist job and we just happened to meet and it was just perfect timing and we just are friends to this day and that was over 10 years ago wow Mm -hmm. wow okay so you met people that you still are friends with and work with to this day just off that first job really shows the power of networking so there are a couple of other kind of key milestone jobs you went out of state for a feature film where were you going yeah i definitely think this was one of my milestone jobs i went out of state to Idaho to shoot this feature called The Amaranth, starring Melora Walters, directed by Albert Chi. And I think that was definitely a pivot point in my career because I think it really was like the first time in my career that I wasn't having like this crazy imposter syndrome. Just just knowing that someone believed in my talent enough to hire me on this large production and that's filming out of state. Like that was like really the first time that it felt super real. This is a career more so than a hobby that I'm getting paid for. It was almost like the first time where I was in charge of such a large production. So it really helped me gain like the experience of how it is to run a department for a feature film and with everything to do with scheduling and scripts and just so much stuff that you know people don't really realize that comes into play in the makeup world like you just you say makeup to people and they think one thing you know they think that you're just painting faces all day but I mean the reality is that 90% of the work we do inside of a makeup trailer is all paperwork and like it's all scheduling and planning ahead and when you say planning ahead you mean because if you're doing multiple actors you have to plan for how much time they're gonna need in the chair and that kind of stuff and yeah that but also kind of following the continuity so I think I think that job really helped me focus on that and really showed me how to be very conscious of that. Mm. And um, 
because I was the one having to do it, you know, like, and it was long enough of a job that I had to do it. It wasn't like a little short film that shot for a couple of days where, you know, you're just shooting like one day in the life of the script. So you don't really need to focus on continuity, you know, but so this was, this was the first time that I felt like it was really serious and people were counting on me to do my job correctly and to really do my job professionally and also on top of that again i built some of my most lasting relationships on that job because it was a long period of time we were out there for probably like a month and a half i think and every day with the same people because we're on location so you really have a good opportunity to build those relationships and melora and albert are probably my closest contacts to this day i know i can always contact them regarding anything not like even work related things and they'll always you know have my back and i think those relationships are just really important in your career because they kind of are like a constant with all the all the changing things that happen in our industry i think having the people that have been with you throughout your whole career and like know you inside and out i think they're just so important for keeping true to yourself you know and another key part of that job was that it began the path to you joining the union for makeup artists right Mm -hmm. yeah i joined i think it was the following year after that so i went out for that job in 2017 and then i think i joined the union in 2018. Yeah, so for anyone maybe less familiar with the Makeup Artist Union, what does that look like? Is it a certain amount of hours or a certain number of projects? And what did you have to make sure you had under your belt before you applied? Yeah, so for us, it's a certain amount of days. I won't get into the numbers right now because it's very complicated and I truly just recommend reaching out to the union artist or the union directly for that information because it's very hard to find the specific information and you can get turned away for just like the littlest things so I think doing your research is extremely important but I think that probably the main thing I want to talk about is I think as a young artist coming into the industry and aspiring to join the union, I think it's very important to have a good understanding what of what the union is going to offer you because I think a lot of younger artists come in with this misconception that the union is a job agency and they get us all the work that we get, which is not the case at all. They're essentially just giving us the green light to work on these bigger jobs, but they're not getting the jobs for us. At the end of the day, it's still us as an individual artist that gets the job. So I think starting out in your career, what the main focus should be and what I think would be most beneficial to younger artists is really focusing on building a solid network and building solid experience to get you where you're going because without that you're not going to get access to the jobs that you want you know so I think instead of rushing into it and paying this insanely large sum of money to join and then being kind of left out to dry without any jobs once you get in I think what is a smarter route to do is really focusing on your network and if 
it happens that you get to build up those days to get you into the union, then that's incredible. Yes. But I think the main focus for people is build your network and like build the people that you trust around you and that you know that are going to be with you, whether you're doing non-union or union work, like it, it shouldn't matter, you know, like it should just be a very tight knit group of people that you trust and you know that are going to support you throughout your entire career. Mm, definitely. So you're just saying you need to make sure that you're ready to join the union. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of a tool, but it's not going to land you all the jobs. Absolutely. I think it's true for a lot of unions too, not, mm-hmm. not just the makeup union. So what kind of things did you learn in cinema makeup school versus things that you had to really learn on the job? Oh, I would say that the main thing that I learned in school was probably special effects related everything to do with special effects i think that school was really fantastic for that Mm. everything else i think is a forever learning process there's never a job that i'm on that i don't learn something new truly and i know it's like such a cliche thing to say and people say it all the time but it's absolutely true because you always have to be open to like learning new things and new techniques and i think that's what makes us better and more efficient artists and I think it's just beneficial to everybody to always view things that way you know you're never gonna know things like the best way someone's always gonna have like a cooler method to do something and that's absolutely okay so yeah I think I think school just gave me a lot of the fundamentals to work with but every single job that I've had moving forward has just built upon that. Yeah. And you've touched a lot on how important the network is. Would you say much of your network came from school or is it from set, that first job? Where did it come from? I think that would probably be just a collective of people that I've met through the years that I felt like I could trust in that moment. You know, I think, I mean, you don't even have to be in the industry to understand that concept. Like there's always going to be people that, you vibe with more than others and people that feel more in line with your goals and your aspirations. So I think it's just really important about identifying those people early on and just knowing that, yes, I can see this person as a constant in my life and just really keeping up those relationships and honestly not keeping up the ones that aren't going to provide you that you know like it's it's not even a selfish thing because it's like if you've been in LA even for a minute you know that people are so fake I don't know if you're gonna keep this in but it's it's true like how often are you on set and someone gives you a hug at the end of the day and they're like oh my god like stay in touch and you never ever hear from that person again you know like it's so common so i think it's really important just to like be consciously identifying the people that you do want to keep a relationship with and that you don't care to and it's nothing against like the people that you don't care to but you just know that that person isn't going to be beneficial to your growth and you're not going to be beneficial to their growth. Mm. I think that's all it comes down to. That's great advice. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a controversial opinion either that okay. people in LA are fake, so <laughs> yeah. don't worry. We uh, talk about this all the time in this household. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what advice would you give someone who is not even at the very beginning of their career, maybe even just a couple of steps behind you in makeup? I think a really important thing would be to keep your options open in terms of like your skill set just be a yes man always be down to 
learn something new or try something new i think it's really beneficial to like at the beginning of your career to dabble in a little bit of everything if you want to be doing beauty makeup that's perfectly fine that's amazing do beauty makeup but also kind of learn some mild effects learn you know a little bit of character makeup learn how to cover a tattoo those are skills that are going to get you so far in the industry because in the tv world you can literally be beating someone's face to perfection one second and then literally five minutes later you have to make this person look like they just fell out of like a 10-story burning building you know and it's you doing all of it it's not like this they're going to a different person for for the latter you know so i think it's so beneficial to your career to like have a wide skill set if you are wanting to work in tv and then yeah like obviously down the line like if you get recognized for a certain type of work more then yeah by all means like hone in your skills and like only focus on beauty makeup but i think starting out i think it's really nice to like not limit yourself by one style and just if you're trying to get more jobs and trying to build more connections just to do a little bit of everything that way you can experience it all and see what you like best that's definitely great advice again i think a lot of your advice is applicable for all spheres too you know like this is definitely applicable to other other areas in the film industry Mm -hmm. okay it is now time for our time capsule segment to freeze this moment in time for your career and make some predictions for the future dun 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 So we can start with the past. If you could speak to yourself 10 years ago, what lessons would you share with her? I think a really important one that applies to so many different departments is to take your time and to remember that it's not a race. And I think it's so easy to just go on this like downward spiral with Instagram and social media and It's so important to remind yourself that someone else's success does not diminish yours. And just because you see one of your peers doing an amazing project that you would have wanted to do or whatever, it doesn't mean you can't get a project of that caliber in the future at all. And it doesn't mean that they're more talented. It's just that that opportunity was at the right place at the right time for them. Mm. And it'll happen for you when it does. Mm. Would that advice change if you were speaking to yourself five years ago? Hmm. Good question. Probably. Yeah, I think I think I've definitely been more conscious of that in the last five years. I think it was definitely something that I was struggling with at the beginning, just because I didn't really know how to navigate the industry and I didn't know what I wanted out of it at that point. Like it was just kind of like going with the flow, just hopping from one job to another with no, I don't want to say purpose, but like no direction of I want to be in TV or I want to be in film or I want to be in editorial, you know? I think it was just a lot more stressful at that point. But I think in the last few years, I definitely have had a better understanding of what I want my career to look like. And so I'm now using those peers of mine like more so as like inspiration rather than intimidation you know like i'm not Mm. getting like jealous of it i'm more so using it as inspiration of i want to get to that point that's 
and sick that they're mm. doing that, you know? I also have a question about Amelia five years ago. Oh. And you don't have to answer this, okay. but when I met you, you were going by the name Amelia Black. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> where, where did that name come from, and why did you decide to go back to Amelia Wrinska? When we moved to the States... I guess my elementary school, this goes back really far. (laughs) I guess my elementary school thought that my name was too exotic, which is the most ridiculous f***ing concept in the world. And they changed my name to Emily Wierenski with an I because... No. Yes, because in Poland, last names are gendered. So my dad and I, even though we have the same last name, my last name start or ends with an A because that's the female alternative for it. And his ends with an I because that's the male alternative mm. for it. And so when I moved here, they saw that my last name wasn't the same as my father's. So they're like, well, we're going to make it the same as her father's. And so is this on any identification or is this just a registration with the school? This was the registration with the school, like all my school IDs. But obviously like, my parents are At this point in time, my parents are fresh immigrants, don't speak English well. My dad didn't speak English at all. I'm a child, so I don't know any better. So we just go along with it is what I'm assuming. And so that's what I went by voluntarily for all of grade school into high school. I went by Emily. And then when I got out of high school and I like started my career, I'm like, well, I want to be different (laughs) you know as every like teenager ever goes through there you just want to be edgy right and so i'm just like well i want to be different and i don't know i just randomly chose amelia black as to be my pseudonym and i used that for a while but then the reason i actually changed it and it's not like that i had like any issue with going by that name the reason i changed it was when i got into the union i had like a lot of pushback because that wasn't my legal name mm. and so they're like well your paperwork says Amelia Orenska and I'm like oh well actually that's a really good idea maybe I should just go by my birth name for once in my life and that was literally the first time in my life that I went by my full birth name wow yeah and it was really cool and I love my name now like I love it and it was I don't know it's like such a weird experience to have Yeah. I was just really confused at that point. You know what I mean? Like that was like when I was going by Amelia Black, I was just like transitioning into my real birth name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you remember where Black came from? Honestly, I don't know. Probably Sirius Black, Harry Potter reference. I don't even remember. It was like so impulsive, you know? Yeah. I just wanted to be cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, both great names, but very happy that you're back to Amelia Wernska. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the present what is your favorite song right now i don't think i have a favorite song but my favorite artist is dua lipa she is god almighty she is our goddess i'm obsessed okay big fan <laughs> huge fan it's an understatement <laughs> what is the best movie that you've seen in the last year oh besides obviously weird the lv Yankovic story <laughs> great movie <laughs> i would definitely say everything everywhere all at once (laughs) a popular pick a popular pick actually going back to our dan radcliffe conversation have you seen swiss army man yes yeah he says that that was his favorite film he's ever filmed because of the dance because Mm. they're so incredible and when everything everywhere was getting so much amazing feedback 
when it came out, when we were filming Miracle Workers, he was so excited for them because he was like, yeah, everything everyone is saying about them is true. Like they're just such incredible creatives and like visionaries. Mm. And they're really great to work with, apparently. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be him when Abbott Elementary gets nominated for makeup. He's like, I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> best people. <laughs> All the positive press in his Amelia socks. Yes, in the Amelia socks. <laughs> what food or drink item are you currently obsessed with? Always obsessed with ramen. Always obsessed with Polish food. What's the staple Polish food item? Probably pierogi the dumplings if anyone ever talks about polish food they're usually talking about the dumplings we just went to new york and had a polish feast because there's a lot of polish restaurants out there yeah it's like the best dude i describe it to people as european comfort food it's just so hearty and delicious what is the latest makeup tool or product that you have loved using not a makeup product specifically but a makeup line half magic beauty it's made by the department head of euphoria along with a24 not being biased some of the best products in my kit the brow gel straight obsessed i use that shit on myself every single day the color paints amazing you can go Mm. swimming with those things and they don't budge i think donnie coming from a film background she did a really amazing job engineering the products to be long wearing because of just the nature of our work so it just translates so well into the beauty line and they're beautiful she has these self-adhesive rhinestones they're pre-adhesive you just pop them on like stickers they're incredible i'm obsessed (laughs) so you mentioned that every single project you learn something new Mm -hmm. what is the most recent lesson that you learned i don't know we've been in a strike for so long i forgot what i worked on (laughs) (laughs) yeah as we record this the writer's strike is still very much ongoing very much (laughs) I think a big thing that I learned recently, maybe it's not like specifically from my last project, but just recently within my career and like kind of like maturing more and being more conscious of myself is that I get so cranky when I'm on a job five days a week, 13 hours a day. And it's so important to really appreciate your off time really do some self-care during your off time because it could potentially have very serious impacts on your life relationships because you know there would be times where like i would come home from work and i just like don't want any kind of human interaction like i don't want my partner to talk to me like if your partner like whoever your family isn't in that world it's like very hard to understand from like an outsider's perspective so i think it's very important to be conscious of how the days are making you feel and be conscious of like the toll that it's taking on your mental and physical health and to work on actively bringing yourself back to reality and like bringing yourself back to like a good mental place so you don't spiral Mm. who would be dream collaborators for you okay if we're talking about the non-film world dua lipa (laughs) You should have seen that one coming. Would that look like you doing makeup for her on a project or on a music video or on a tour? Yeah, I mean, she's very solid with her makeup artist, so not dissing her makeup artist at all. She's incredible. She beats her face to the gods. Just my dream woman to paint. She's just got the most beautiful face for makeup application. For any event, I'll take it. (laughs) Film related, Wes Anderson. Just because a lot of what I do is like so aesthetic driven yeah and 
just very bold and kind of like almost a character without being a character you know his work is so perfect for that type of style what are your current interests or hobbies and actually for you this delves into something that's even more than a hobby it's a whole other side of your income in the art world anything art related is always a hobby like i'm always painting or drawing whenever i have downtime but something that has become like you said more of an income another career really is i have now the opportunity of being creative director for this queer web 3 company community that is basically like a safe space for the queer community in the web three space and that like is very supportive of queer artists and creators and gives them a platform to showcase themselves in the metaverse which is an insane concept to even like begin to think about and i do not disclaimer do not do any tech related things for this it's all just creative direction with like the brand aesthetics and the nft art just doodling is really what it comes down to who are your pets oh my god my beautiful children that have been such angels this entire entire podcast (laughs) are mao and lucy they're being so good right now usually they're little devils They're sleeping about 15 feet away from Amelia right now. But they are usually little devils. So this is a rare, rare occasion that they are not bothering us right now. Moving on to the future, five years from now, where do you imagine you will be living? Hopefully not in Los Angeles. Really? Absolutely. So where are you thinking? I would love San Diego. So still Southern California. Yeah, San Diego would be lovely. I personally don't really resonate with the LA lifestyle. I enjoy being home and the only reason I ever really go out is to work. I think ideally I would like to cut back a little bit on set work and just take the jobs that are very meaningful and fulfilling to me Mm. and not really have to take every single job that I'm offered just because I have to. And yeah, just be in a place that the surroundings speak to me more (laughs) than they do in LA. (laughs) I love nature and anywhere that kind of feels a little bit more suburban is, is nice. Mm. Five years from now, is there anything that you hope will have been invented? No, we need to slow down with the inventions. <laughs> slow down? Yeah. <laughs> so no more new euphoria makeup lines. Oh, yeah. Huh. Maybe you just don't have anything to complain about. I feel like you're the opposite because with three or four different projects, you said that was the best project ever. (laughs) It was my favorite of all time. I told you, I'm just so go with the flow. If something isn't working out, I just move on and don't really waste my time thinking about it. You can ask my partner, though. I'm sure he says I have a lot to complain about. (laughs) (laughs) The year is 2028. What are Crystal and Amber doing at Out Elementary? Oh, my God. (laughs) Crystal is going off on some other parent for (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, I do know. Crystal is at Fashion Week with her clothing brand Mm. because it blew up and amber is being a fierce ass bitch living single life loving every minute of it yeah (laughs) i love that yeah i love that you're also rooting for them absolutely success oh my god yeah okay to wrap up our future segment and the time capsule let's have you leave a voicemail for your future self what are things about 2023 that you'd want to make sure that you don't forget 
I would definitely say to enjoy the slow parts of life like as much as possible because the same thing that happened in 2020 when we had the lockdown is happening right now with the writer's strike. So many of us aren't working and it's having such a crazy toll on everyone's mental health. But I think it's so important to also focus on the positive of it. You know, we have the time to finally heal we have the time to finally catch up on our family relationships we have the time to get into new hobbies that we didn't know we had like i've done all those things throughout the strike um and i think it's it's really easy to spiral when you're out of work and you're just sitting at home alone with your thoughts but then it's also so important to remember that it's a moment of healing and just relaxing. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah. So note for future Amelia. Yeah. Take your time. Don't stress. <laughs> Go with the flow. Yes. On brand. Okay. Well, Amelia, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. If people want to connect with you online, where can they find you? I am only on Instagram. My makeup page is at Amelia Warenska. My personal page is at Amelia is offline. E-M-I-L-I-A. W-E-R-Y-N-S-K-A. And that's also my website, just AmeliaWarenska.com. If you want to see my portfolio or anything like that. You can bring Amelia onto your next project if you can convince her that it's one of the select few. Yes. She should be step the back select on step few. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you do a Lipa. Do a Lipa. If you're listening, you can call Amelia. Go to her yeah, website. Yeah, I'll answer. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and rooting for you on the Emmy nominations and just can't wait to see how all these projects progress. Thank you so much. Here is a recap of some takeaways from my conversation with Amelia. One, unions are not job agencies. In any discipline, make sure you can secure regular work on your own before joining. Two, once in the workforce, artistry becomes a forever process of learning. Openness to learning new things and techniques will make you a better and more efficient artist. Three, carefully select who you want to stay in touch with. Consider who shares your goals and can help you grow and who you can help grow in return. Four, when you're starting out in TV, diversify your skill set. Doing a little bit of everything expands the amount of jobs you can be open to and exposes you to types of work you may be interested in pursuing further. Five, take your time. It's not a race. And remember that someone else's success does not diminish yours. Six, use your peers as inspiration rather than intimidation. Seven, really appreciate your off time and do some self-care. Be conscious of how long days make you feel and actively work on bringing yourself back to a good mental place at the end of the day. And eight, enjoy the slow parts of life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Set Path. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate it and share it with a friend, especially if you can think of someone who might benefit from the knowledge that was shared here today. You can keep up with the podcast on all social platforms at No Set Path Show or on the website at www.nosetpathshow.com. Thanks so much for being part of this community and we'll talk to you soon.